The educational system can be very confusing and complex to navigate, especially when you're doing it alone. It can be even more difficult for people who have specific learning needs or maybe who have mental health struggles. And honestly, it can be kind of hard to be an activist in the educational industry. So today we're sitting down with the founder and owner of the Amani Project, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of different topics in the realm of education. So let's dive in. Okay, so today I'm talking to Imani Baylor. Um, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. My name is Imani. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so for those of you who don't know you, you run the Imani Project. So can you tell us just a little bit about that? But I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, so just a little bit about the Imani Project. It stands for Inspiring, Mentoring, and Nurturing Individuals. And it is a contracting service to where I would go into different schools and teach different classes. So after school programs, um, in the school day, that could look like girls groups, um, PE classes, dance classes, pretty much anything that wasn't taught in, you know, regular traditional schools, mm -hmm. they were contracting me to come and teach. That is amazing. Um, and so I kind of want to get into our lightning round questions. So we have a little segment on our podcast where we are going to, I'm going to ask you, um, this or that questions, and then it's going to get increasingly harder. Um, but I want you to try and answer them as quickly as possible. Um, and this okay. is just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. You ready? I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's start off easy. Coffee or tea? Tea. Pizza or pasta? Um, night on the town or night staying in? Staying in. <laughs> tour Italy or tour Portugal? Portugal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, tour France or tour Spain? Oh my goodness, France? Mm. <laughs> All right, it's going to get really hard now. Um, this one might be easier for you. Um, if you could have any job in the world, what would you want? Ooh, I would want to write curriculum for a whole bunch of different schools, programs, or organizations. Mm. Um, if you could change one thing about the world, what would you want to change first? Um, that we wouldn't need money. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a really interesting one, and we've never gotten that answer. Um, usually it's kind of like the similar... Usually it's like... Um, and climate change, and racism, um, and the pay gap between men and women. It's usually those, but that's a really interesting one. Um, women and y'all, we wouldn't have any of those problems. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you could have any superpower without any qu uh, consequences because of that, what would you want to have? Oh, I'm robbing people all day. Um, their banks, people, grannies, so everybody. And, okay, so what superpower would you have with that? Oh, so I can do that. Oh, I'd be invisible, so I can just be like... Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, so you would have... So you could rob people, you have no consequences, and you'd be invisible. Yes. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> if you could have anything in the world in limitless quantities other than money, what would you want to have? All the craft supplies ever. <laughs> um... What? I'm a big craft lady. So, you know, I, any craft, arts and craft material, cutting machine, anything that has to do with arts and crafts, I want to live this supply of all of it. But you could rob a Michaels. Very true. That's so true. Sometimes Michaels don't even have everything, though. It doesn't. So, you, could, you could rob every craft store. Oh, there we go. Yes. But unlimited supplies or unlimited... Maybe unlimited, well, I'll be invisible, so, but unlimited traveling. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I can go anywhere, mm -hmm. anytime. That'd be dope. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Amani Project. Well, I know about it. Um, that's because I know you. But I want to talk um, because people who are listening, they probably have no idea what the Amani Project is. Um, and so let's talk about it. Um, so first off, I kind of want to hear a little bit about your inspiration for starting the project. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so ooh, how did I begin? Um, <laughs> I worked in after school 
And that was like the most fun job ever. I got to be creative. I got to teach, you know, young people things that they never thought they would learn. Right. I thought they would be good at. Um, so just bringing in new experiences is like all that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got really good at it and I felt like I wasn't getting paid enough. <laughs> and I saw other contractors coming in and they was, you know, making some good money doing what I can do. Right. So I was like, all right, let me sit, pause, think about it, see how I can, you know, go through this and start my own business. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how the money project started. Just me taking what I love to do it after school. And kind of like combining all of those activities and um, events that I threw and just, you know, all those things that I love to do with young people mm-hmm. and created my own business out of it. So that's how I got started. That's like, that is probably a lot of people's dreams that you just did was turning one of your passions and favorite things to do into a job. Um, so that's, that's amazing. Um, and I also want to hear... Um, a little bit more about your experience in curriculum design um, and also what that entails. Oh, this is, I'm so passionate about it. I'm lighting up. Oh, so yes, I, ooh, I don't know. I just get ideas. And as a young, I, I think coming from a place of, I was a different learner mm-hmm. and I knew that some things were hard for me, but like if they, if some of my teachers taught it in a different way, I can get it. Right. And I feel like as a, as black and brown people, that's how a lot of us are. We are, um, you know, we are talented in many different ways and we learn in many different ways. We have multiple intelligences, what it's called. Right. So we have various ways of learning and getting information and all those things. But the way that schools are taught is like a lot of the times it's just one way, either by a book or a computer or one person standing in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that's the traditional way when there's, you know, so many other ways to teach. Right. So with my curriculum writing, that's kind of the experience that I like to bring. It's like, okay, let's bring in the five senses. Let's bring in the multiple intelligences and teach all of our young people in different ways so they can be successful. And that's some of the stuff I did with you guys at TAM. Mm-hmm. A lot of you didn't know it, but a lot of the things that I did was based off of changing your environment a little bit to make you focus. Right. Or you know, maybe having to take a walk so you can get what you need to do. And all of that goes into curriculum design, just knowing the learner and what they need in order to be successful. So that's pretty much what it entails, just taking a lot of the things that you guys learn in in traditional schools and making it fun and making it tailored for you and your learning style and your learning preference. Because a lot of teachers don't do that. They teach all you guys the same and they're like, this is how I teach. Y'all gotta learn it this way. If you don't, you're gonna fail my class and it shouldn't be like that. It's like, okay, Chris, I understand that you need visuals. Like, let's, let me mm-hmm. show you some videos on how to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, Arthur, you need to physically be doing something. Let's put you over here so you can, you know, maybe dance or listen to music while you're, you know, reading or understanding, you know, this concept. So just tailoring that learning style um, to curriculum and finding different ways to do that. Right. And it's, I also want to ask a little bit, because you answered this question, but I I want to like, kind of expand on this. Um, so first of all, you already answered, would you say that the standard school curriculum is a fit for all students? Duh, no. Um, <laughs> no. Um, but I want to know what, what are some of the main problems with a standard school curriculum um, that doesn't allow it to be uh, a good fit for all students? Mm, great question. Uh, one I would say, um, that's a really good question. There's something there. Yeah. I would say probably things that are done by the book. Mm-hmm. A lot of teachers don't have experience teaching outside of the book, which is fine. Um, there are a lot of teachers that don't know how to tap into that creativity mm-hmm. because they're still by the book. So it makes sometimes, you know, students don't engage. Right. Like certain math teachers or certain science teachers or, you know, those core subjects that are really hard to get. Yeah. If you're not able to tap into those different ways that people learn, it's going to be really hard to understand that. Right. So I think that's one of the main issues is that a lot of teachers don't know how to navigate to the creativity side and to, you know, hey, this is how you can learn this as well. Not just this way. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can get to A and B. Right. And would you say that 
being being a teacher is kind of like like a like a performance art you know um trying to like hook your students in and create different ways for them to learn and make connections definitely so i'm not a certified or credentialed teacher uh, but I, I do call myself a facilitator or instructor because mm -hmm. i don't teach i facilitate and i guide learning you're gonna get it how you get it i'm gonna put the information out there for you how you develop those skills and get it. I'm going to work with you and meet, with mm -hmm. meet, where, you, meet you where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, so that I feel like is important to do. And for people that aren't teachers like myself, but call themselves instructors, I think that they need to be in that mindset of guiding learning, not kind of like forcing it down and teaching, you know, things, just throwing information at you. Right. So you do have to put on the performance. Like when I'm teaching online, it's really lights, camera, action for me. I turn it on, I'm up, I'm upbeat, I'm moving, I'm shaking, I talk with my hands, mm -hmm. um, I'm making jokes. Like you have to have a welcoming environment. And when you do that, you are going to engage your learners, you're going to enjoy teaching, and it's just going to be an overall good experience. And you'll get great feedback. Like from I've done online teaching, but just this year, and I've taught so many cohorts and the feedback gets better and better every time it's like oh my god y'all make this such a welcoming environment it's fun it's funny like you have to be able to tailor that and yes perform because if you don't not gonna pay attention right <laughs> not gonna pay yeah. attention not gonna get the information down and it's like if you don't care i don't care and you can tell those teachers that don't care because they don't put a lot of effort into it right so you gotta act you gotta put it on it's a show for me it's a show like mm -hmm. on my when I turn on that camera, when my light goes on, I'm like, all right, I get my little, you know, my stretch in, a little sip of water. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, y'all, let's get started today. What's mm -hmm. up? You know, and just that welcoming spirit and environment to, like, make you want to be there. Right. So I think that's so important. It's a show. Yeah. Performance all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask um, how you kind of go about designing curriculum. Um that's kind of the question because you know a lot of people they don't know what that means um or how you think about that so you explored a little bit about um the way that you think about turning uh traditional things into more engaging but how do you um design curriculum from scratch yeah so a lot of the ways that i design curriculum is based on a lot of the young people that i work with mm -hmm. so i write down a lot of my ideas even if i don't get to build like lessons or anything like that, the idea starts first. Right. So for instance, I might be working with a young person and they have a problem. So right now, a big thing was with my last cohort, a lot of my students were first generation college students moving mm -hmm. on, on campus. So they were like, yo, uh, what do I pack? How do I pack? What do I expect? And I'm like, oh, I have that experience. Like, mm -hmm. and for my black and brown people, there are some things that they didn't think about. Right. Haircuts finding somebody to, you know, do your hair, outfits, mm -hmm. occasions, you know, things like that. Yeah. And I was able to take that idea of like, I'm going to come up with a little training for y'all. Y'all been having trouble with FAFSA, um, trouble with navigating that, just transitioning from high school to college. So just talking to my students and then just getting engaged with what they have issues on. Other ways that I think of curriculum or where it derives from is just looking online. Right. Um, my pinterest um uh, i have facebook groups and people are just coming up with stuff and i'm just like oh i could do that or oh i should come up with this so i get a lot of my inspiration from my youth social media um tv i'm a big tv watcher i like a lot of teen dramas like that's my thing um so and that's the age group that i like to work with that middle school to high school age gap so um that's where a lot of my ideas come from as well but also free I want to open up my own preschool so I can design my own preschool. Right. But to answer your question, that's where <laughs> that's... all of it derived from. Uh, that's where I get all of my inspiration from, literally all of those different um, interests. Right. And I also want to ask, how do you design lessons or curriculum that's specifically for students with learning or mental struggles? Oh, good. Yeah. So I'm actually in school for that now. Mm -hmm. I'm learning a whole bunch of different ways to um, design curriculum, especially using online tools. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that 
y'all are such a tech savvy generation. I saw that when I was at TAM, I'm like, wow, like y'all are in on these computers. This is really like the new generation. This is like the future. So I really wanted to learn ways that I can engage young people online or, you know, in the classroom setting, but using technology because that's y'all thing. The TikTok to the Instagram, you know, video games, all of that stuff. So I'm back in school for that, trying to get my master's in instructional design and trying to create different learning experiences for y'all. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, things that I like to incorporate to kind of like, you know, make sure that you are learning, but you're having fun and I can reach different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, games, of course. Um, I love to do like hands-on activities. So if I can take like real life scenarios, that's one of my ways of kind of like engaging young people is like having real life scenarios. Mm-hmm. Young people will tap into whatever you have to say if they can relate to a story. So I think storytelling is very important and I think I'm really good at that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my main ways that I can engage young people that are, you know, feeling some type of ways like, you know, Y'all will come and talk to me about different things, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, even if you're just having a bad day or feeling away, like there was some way that I could relate to you or give you some type of advice. So I like to bring that same thing into my curriculum writing for different young people that are going through different things or that need to learn different skills. Right. Based on what it is, it's like, all right, let's put it to the test. Um, so related to a celebrity, related to a sport, related to some real life home stuff, you know, and kind of just make it a, a real life situation that they can um, build from and learn from. Right. That's honestly, I feel like there's, there are more and more teachers that are kind of popping up and doing that because it's, it's honestly just the way to go. Um, I want to also ask, what are some common issues that you run into when you are um, building curriculum? Ooh, issues, man, if it sounds right. I'm not the best writer. The ideas are here, (laughs) but I cannot write. So, and that's one skill that you have to have in, you know, writing curriculum. But luckily for me, I have a team of writers Mm -hmm. that help you grow out. Um, So I kind of just fleshed out all of my ideas. I give it to my sister. She's like my editor, my everything for writing. Mm -hmm. Give it to her. She's like, okay, she'll flesh it out and make it a little bit better for me. Um, so that's one of the issues I run into. But aside from that, um, staying up with the newest technology, there's always something new, always. Mm-hmm. So just kind of stay in a lane of, okay, oh, this you know activity look cool here. This activity would look cool if we did that. So just kind of trying to find different ways to navigate new things that come out because right. it's a lot. Like you got to be fast. Um, And then maybe lastly, I would say just getting back into the groove of teaching in person. I do want to do that again. I mean, I do want to become like fully online, you know, teaching something. But I also want to get back into teaching in person, but on my own terms. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be difficult to kind of like get back into and how that would look, what I would teach um, and things like that. So I'm kind of nervous about that. Right. And, well, a lot of people are nervous to go back into yes. into in person because it's 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 like a it honestly is like a new experience again, you know it's it's uh-huh. and it's different like it won't be normal yeah yeah and um, like this is my normal now like I'm trying to make online teaching my normal right that's why I went back to school to learn different e learning tools because also to have a personality to be able to teach online is really hard. So a lot of people can't engage or keep people interested online, you know? So I think that I have that power to do that and teach other people how to do that, Mm -hmm. um, to make, you know, learning more fun and engaging and able to, you know, just have fun with whatever um, skill or task that you're gonna be learning. So I think that's hard to do online. If you're boring in person, you're probably going to be boring online. So it's like, (laughs) you know, you have to really, like you said, it's a performance art. Like you have to bring it to the world. And I want to be able to help and teach y'all, my people of color, Mm because we need that. For those who can't, you know, go to school in person or families that feel like, nah, I don't want that. Like to have a teacher of color that they can connect to online that's real positive and upbeat. And right. still like auntie, cousin, big sis at the same time. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I come up as a facilitator as well. Right. So, 
Um, and I also, I also want to ask, um, how do you go about, um, you know, I don't want to necessarily say fighting for educational rights, but how do you go about improving them? Mm, I love that. Um, I speak up a lot. <laughs> mm. um, when it comes to, I'm in a lot of different meetings um, in my job. So I kind of like have to stand up and kind of feel like an advocate. I advocate, you mm-hmm. know, for my young people, especially my young people of color, because that's the population that I, is near dear to me. Mm-hmm. I love to serve and that need, I feel like need me. So I pretty much advocate in any way that I can. I speak up, you know, to the things that we're teaching, how we're teaching them. Um, and I usually try to put y'all first. Right. Uh, when it comes to making decisions, y'all already know, like, I ask my young people before, I'm like, so can we ask them before we make any decisions? Like, this is going to affect them more than it's going to affect us. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of educators don't think about that. So when I challenge that, they be like, oh, snap, you're right. Like we should. And it makes your job easier. That's why I'm like, why are you struggling? Mm-hmm. Like ask your, ask your students, ask your, you know, whoever your audience is, what do y'all want? What do you want to learn? Okay. Like what, what, how, what can I do to serve you? Because right. that's what we're here for. So I make sure I advocate and, you know, speak up and definitely try to give my input on ideas that I have. And then of course, just make sure that there's a youth voice. Because it just makes everything just so much easier. And it's all about y'all in the first place. Like, who cares about me? I'm just, you know, doing the groundwork. I'm here serving y'all. So right. we want you to be successful. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always, it's always crazy to see how many people, including myself, like are shocked when there are teachers who are like, all right, what do you guys want to learn? And you're like, you get thrown off guard because you're like, oh, wait, aren't like, aren't you just going to tell us what we're, you know, so it gets... Um, it's always interesting to see when that becomes more and more frequent. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I wanted to ask, especially since you are back in university, um, let's talk about professors for a minute. So uh, on our on our Instagram, I, I asked um, I asked our followers, you know, what what are some things that bother you about professors? Um, that was the that was the question, and there were a lot of things <laughs> that people sent in. One of the things, though is that that just standard um like i'm the professor and i have the higher degree and you don't um and so one of the things that i wanted to ask is how can we go about um trying to communicate with our professors and our teachers um when they try and pull that move oh yes so i'm so happy you asked that because (laughs) there is a power in numbers and power in voice um, in my program now, like I told you, I'm doing instructional design, but on the other side, there's also gaming and simulation. So I'm learning how to code and make games too. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. I don't care. I don't want nothing to do with that. It's good to know, but I don't care. Right. Um, I want to learn the instructional design piece. So with that being said, there's all these professors, there's the top man. And he's like, y'all got to learn this gaming stuff. And we're like, why? So every class that we were going to, every class that had a survey, anytime that we can speak our piece, we were like, hey, we don't want to learn this. This is what is in the um, industry of instructional design, these programs, this is what we want to learn. Right. Stop making, stop forcing us to do this. And it took a whole bunch of classes, to be honest, because I only have two left. But it took a couple of classes and a couple of professors to really like gather. They had a meeting and they changed their, some of them, change their entire curriculum because it was like f this we're not about like we don't need to know all of this like this is what we need to know to be able to get the job so i recommend any course surveys that you have you speak your mind speak it exactly how you want to tell all your people don't fake the funk because they really take those surveys um seriously because as faculty like they get together they meet they want to make sure that y'all paying all this money that you enjoy the program and if don't it's gonna be bad right right so course surveys is real um so i would say definitely go about that um another way that you can if you if there's people that all feel a certain way about a professor or about your program write a proposal or write a list of questions that you want to bring to you know the faculty Mm -hmm. um there's always going to be like a dean or there's going to be like the person that oversees the program have a list of questions or a proposal of what you're feeling and why Mm -hmm. that's going to be very important um, and then I would say, when you're in class, go in on the track. When they ask those questions, uh, do you have any questions? Are there questions on the syllabus? Is there questions about this? 
um, you have those questions if you have any about it and right. say, hey, on the program website, it said this. On the uh, pamphlet, it said this. But now your syllabus is saying this. And have those receipts. Because I did. <laughs> I, I brought it up to my professors. I said, hey, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you guys want us to learn this. But I saw this on the website. Now you have this new pamphlet that has all these new things. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, our our um, outcomes are different from what, you know, we were described when we first joined the program. So we need to align it because I'm paying all this money. Right. So definitely have those receipts. If anything changes, have those documents, but definitely just come together as a group if anybody else is feeling the same way. And if not, that core survey, you just keep sending emails. Right. Sending those emails. It's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's also talk about Rate My Professor because um, <laughs> this was asked a lot. Um, first of all, have you, have you, well, hold up. Thanks, Skippy. How do you, how do you, how do you use, um, Rate My Professor? So pretty much with Rate My Professor is you go on that website and you'll type in the name of the teacher or the, um, or the school and that teacher and their classes will pop up. So once they pop up, if they have people that left comments, it'll be there. If they did, uh, then the rest of them will be kind of like, you know, like a review, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll get a review. So what's funny, what I didn't know about Ray, my professor, because I was helping uh, one of my youth kind of like get on, um, is, is that now, <laughs> now they have to where um, the professors can reply back. I was like, oh, snap. So oh, no. Was, yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, so I saw one of the professors kind of like reply to one of Dude, I was like, oh, I don't remember this part. There's a, there's a, I mean, it's honestly, it's, I think, I think I saw it on Twitter, but there's, um, when I, um, I saw that there were people or, you know, professors who were screenshotting, um, the things that were on their page and they would post it on Twitter and then they put the reply. And so now I didn't know that you could actually do that. Um, so <laughs> that's funny. Um, I, also, I also think it's important, like, if you, if, to, like, to make sure that people know that they can delete your comments. Oh. Yeah. Something else I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you, if you put something on Rate My Professor because you're having an issue, definitely screenshot it. Because um, they can take, they can take the page and delete it. I did not know that. That's so funny. Ooh. <laughs> um, the website, though, it helped me out, you know beginning of my college career when, right. I to, uh, when I could choose my own professor at the time now I don't have a choice right right um finally I also want to ask for this you know for this first topic here I want to ask um we're still talking about rate by professor but I want to ask um how you can use rate my professor to choose uh, if you can depending on you know what classes you're talking about um how you can use Rate My Professor to choose your teachers? Yeah, so, I mean, 50-50, right? Because mm-hmm. people's reviews are their experiences, you know? Right. So just like you buy something off Amazon and you read the reviews, it's like, uh, you're still taking a 50-50 chance even if the reviews are like four or right. four stars. So I, I think it's a good guide to kind of like, you know, check some things out and just kind of just make that decision for yourself to see, all right, this person had this experience. This person had this one. Okay, five people had this one. Like, oh, maybe not. Um, so kind of just, it, it helps you decipher between maybe should I do this or should I just like whatever I can get, I'm going to get. Right. Sometimes it's like that as well. When you're already my professor and you're looking at the classes, great. But sometimes the professor's aren't on there that you're trying to look up. Mm-hmm. Or um, you're not able to get in certain classes, so I mean, there's really, you know, it, those classes either don't exist or they're not, you know, you can't register in them or something. Right. So besides that, you know, make your own decisions. It's it's a good guide, though. It's a good guide. Right. With right. <laughs> <Like> the review. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's also. I mean, okay, so now let's talk a little bit about um, redesigning education because it's kind of what you do. Um, and so a lot of people also wanted to ask about the common core system. Um, so let's talk about it. Um, well, you just, well, you just answered the first three questions. Thank you. Um, so 
the we already know the common core system is flawed like i'm not going to ask you like do you think the common core system is good it's not it's not so what is the first thing if you could if you could change the common core system and you cannot say get rid of it the, this whole reason why i'm asking this question um okay. that's you cannot answer that um what was the first thing that you would want to change about the common core system um, if you had that power if i can change the common core system um i would probably align it with more life and social emotional skills mm. than the academics right because i feel like in order to academically be your best you gotta feel and know we are right to be able to perform right um so that's why i say it's very important to know your learning style right mm -hmm. because if you don't know how you learn how you adapt how you feel in certain situations mm -hmm. you're not going to get to perform more academically so i think that that's something i would definitely change is kind of like level and balance uh between what is on the common core standards um and enter those life skills into those social emotional learning skills um along with the academics because i think that's very very important to do it all at the same time or align it in different right. ways so would you also add um so if let's think about like some of you know the harder um classes so like so stem classes really um the ones that are more daunting would you also add um an emphasis on like critical thinking and more analytical thinking as well versus getting the right answer does that make sense yeah definitely because it's all about the process of how you got there right and that's what a lot of that's what college is going to be about yeah a lot of your stuff might be wrong or right but a lot of professors or teachers some want to see the process of how you got there what was your thinking process how did you get from point a to point b even if point b wasn't right right because sometimes you might have started at point b and maybe worked your way back up but you know um just understanding that and definitely not focusing on the right and wrong answer because once again, once you get into college, once you get into the real world, yes, there'll be right and wrong, but there'll be more of morals and mm -hmm. more of guidance of how did you get there and why did you think of that? And that's going to be more important than the right answer because you're going to challenge other people to think and to think in different ways and probably create other solutions to problems. Right. So <laughs> what are some of the biggest differences between... Um, high school and college that high school does not prepare students for and something that they should be aware of? Oh, yeah. See, this is why I'm writing my trainings and writing my <laughs> curriculum now. Right. Um, definitely organization. Um, high schools don't teach that no more. I don't know why. But when <laughs> I was younger, they gave us planners. Um, me and Miss Duane that's hooked up. We got y'all some planners before. Yeah. Like, that was very important because I'm like, how are you guys going to either just just in in, a, in your adult life and just learning and growing exactly you gotta have, have it one. i have it right yes. now yes so just learning how to do that whether that's a written down one or learning how to use you know your calendar to schedule events appointments yeah. um things like that so i think that's one of the most important things because if you don't have an organization system set up by the time you go to college it's gonna be bad <laughs> um like i'm serious like that's yeah. why a lot of people don't succeed is because they had no organization skills. It's just I'm carrying a pencil on the backpack to class, right? And that's it because I'm cool. Yeah. So when they get to college, it's like, oh snap! Like, oh, I missed the paper. I missed this, or right. oh, I missed the party. I'm like, you should have been in your calendar because uh, <laughs> I'm scheduling everything. Right. Uh, too. So I think that's very important. Um, also, budgeting. Mm -hmm. I think budgeting is very important. Um, you'll either be getting financial aid checks or refund checks. You might get a job on campus or you might get, you know, a little other type of job. Right. So but when you're in college, there might be some expenses or there might be things that you want to do and you might not have the bread for it. Right. Um, so thinking of ways to budget, falling on a budget is something else, um, a curriculum that I wrote before, like how to prepare your expenses to know what's important, your wants and needs and things like that. Um, I was balling in college, to be honest. Nobody knew it. Like I had money, but you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell at yeah. all. Nobody would know. But I had racks. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that was between working, financial aid, saving, and budgeting. To be honest. Right. So 
and a lot of y'all can start building your credit so young in college if you learn how to budget right. so that's something that's very important too um i would also say start to just get on a routine mm-hmm. i think they need to teach you that um whether that's i don't know how that would look but figuring it out <laughs> like sometimes are... the class is getting on a routine right. or just getting into the flow of something so maybe you are doing skits on all right it's your first day of college like what does that look like um all right you got summer summer's about to end you've been partying like how do you transition right how do you how do you get your body ready your mind right to go to school go to class you know two to three days a week uh, and go to work right, right. that's gonna be hard yeah so learning how to get on a routine learning how to get in a flow but also staying healthy um so that's another thing that would i would love to teach it's like all right y'all can't survive on hot cheetos and orange soda <laughs> Like going to class, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Like, yeah, it's real. Yeah. So, and then trying to go to work after, or trying oh, to, yeah. you know, or trying to study after, and it's like, nah. So, just those different types of things, I would love, like, oh my god, to teach, or just, I think that high school should start to think about that transition yeah. to college. Yeah, but I'll write a book on it. Oh, also, and high schooler for the high schoolers listening to us, you cannot survive on caffeine. Um, not at all because uh we actually you know now that i think about this we actually have a lot more um freshmen and junior or freshmen and sophomores um compared to juniors and seniors so let me just put that out there right now you cannot survive on caffeine um and this is coming from a student who did junior year completely virtual um that was a huge failure (laughs) and and all and also um let's talk about pulling all-nighters yeah. Train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll probably, there's some people, when I was in college, I could do that. There was a time. There was a time. My body was different then, though. So I was like, yeah, I will party Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Ooh. Probably have like an 8 o'clock class Monday. Mm. <laughs> Still doing homework, taking tests at like 2 o'clock in the morning, or taking my test before I hit the party, because at 11.59, they close it. Right. Um, so... What I've learned, in, especially in my master's now, and, and you know, working and having three businesses and um, being a fiance and whatnot, um, you, there's so many hours in a day, right? You got 24 right. hours in a day. I feel like what's changed, like my overall just get up and go and getting things done is getting up in the morning so I don't have to stay up too late at night. So right. I'm up at like, you know, six, seven in the morning. I'm knocking stuff out whether that's homework, whether that's cleaning, whether that's exercising, I'm taking that time for me right? Um, and getting my day started early mm-hmm. so that I'm not up at 12 to 3 o'clock in the morning doing homework because that was me. But I don't I don't want to live like that. And I don't think that, you know, yes, the college life, y'all do, y'all can and do that, but I don't wish that upon nobody, yeah. um, especially when it comes to the turn up. Like, just imagine if you got your homework done, you feel me, Monday through Friday, and you're getting up early and you're knocking stuff out, that's Saturday and Sunday? What? Mm-hmm. Get it in, you know? Yeah. And not have to stress or stay up that late. So right. I advise all my young people to, like, I know waking up in the morning probably sounds like, ooh, this old lady, but let me tell you, it'll change your life, and that's a routine that you can start getting on. Right. And you'll have so much more time in your day to do whatever. I'll be chilling, or I'll be, you know, doing what I do. Right. Because I have so much time because I'm getting up in the morning. So right. Instead of pulling that all nighter, I would I'll vote for getting up a little bit earlier and going to bed at like you know you don't gotta go to bed like two o'clock but like ten thirty to that twelve because I still go to bed late sometimes. Yeah. But I try to train my body to at least go to bed before twelve o'clock. Right. Depending on what I'm watching. Right. I'm a TV lady over here. I love mm-hmm. my binging. I mm-hmm. do it. But you know stuff like that. So I. Wake up in the morning early so you're not staying up all night. And I swear to God, you will feel like so much better. Not no zombie or anything. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I also want to ask a little bit about um, just getting, like, having time to move your body throughout the day. Um, Can you talk a little bit more how you started doing that and how you've gotten students to do it, too? Oh, my God. I struggled because, like online school online businesses and online for work right so i'm literally 
glued to my computer. Right. And then TV. Like, TV, after I'm getting off work, it's like, all right, I get to watch TV now. So it's like screens all day. Right. Um, so kind of what I started to do, I didn't, I stopped going to the gym, of course, because, um, so my fiance, he started getting, like, all this little workout stuff, you know, not too pricey or anything. Yeah. But then there's other ways, way cheaper, that I found that I can work out and do. So what I did was I created a list of all the things that I like to do that makes my body move, mm-hmm. right? So walking, I do that all the time. So I can walk up the street, you know, instead of driving to uh, down to the store, I can walk. So I do stuff like that. Um, so I like to take my walks. I got a bike. So you can get one from the low at the flea market. That's where I used to get all my bikes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually purchased like a real one. But before then, all my bikes were from the flea market for the low. Mm-hmm. Um, so biking, probably one of my favorite things. Um, we, on the weekends, pretty much pack up and we go roll out to like, you know, new places or places that we've been to. Um, skating, I bought me some blades. Everybody's doing like their roller skate. Never could roller skate, that was never my thing. Mm-hmm. I was always a blader. Mm-hmm. So I got me some roller blades. I go to Cal State East Bay in the parking lot. <laughs> Like my my own little free skating rink, and I just be skating all through the parking lot, mm-hmm. having a ball. Um, Zumba. So like, I love dancing. Um, I have my Zumba certification, but I don't have time to teach right now. So I'm trying to get back into that. But YouTube videos, man, I love dancing. So mm-hmm. and that's one of the best workouts. So if you like dancing, put on some YouTube videos, get it in. It's so fun. Right. Um, what else do I do? Uh, yoga. Yes. Yoga is my other thing. Yoga is like my, I love it. Um, there's a YouTube channel I follow, you, um, Yoga with Adrian. Yep. He has yoga for everything. Mm-hmm. So I do yoga um, with her. Um, and yeah. Right. This is fans, hula hoop fan, jump rope, just all the stuff that's fun. But mm-hmm. you don't think that they're working out, but you really are. So right. I like to keep my house fun. The, uh, <laughs> the other thing, too, which like now it's a perfect time to talk about. Um, for those of you who have not been over on to our Instagram right now, we have a resources highlight tab, which you can find all the resources that we either use and love or that we're partnered with. Um, one of those resources is Headspace, um, mobile app and website. You can use, they, the, the app is huge. They have a bunch of different stuff um, from different mindfulness and meditation activities. They have um, an entire year's worth of meditation um, that you can go through every single day. Um, they also have uh, yoga and other uh, physical workout activities um, and so much more. So please check that out. Um, or you can go to headspace.com to learn more. Okay, so let's talk. Yes, plug. <laughs> let's also talk um, the term flexible education. So this is a very misunderstood term. Um, and honestly, it's kind of... Um, possibly controversial opinion, but this is, in my opinion, uh, kind of, it's been a very um, misused term. So it's been used to talk about a, uh, to talk about traditional schooling um, when, you know, flexible education is actually something different. Um, so what's that all about? Never heard of flexible education. That's something new. Really? Yes. Um, <laughs> so what I know, it's just, it's just a term people use, but I, what I know about it, um, it's, I'm assuming that it's just, um, adapting curriculum to different learning styles. Um, okay. so that, they're adding yeah. things to that now, but yeah, so there's different terms for that. Cause there are different ways right. to do that. Cause you have your traditional and there is one other, but flexible, flexible could be called that as well, but there's other terms too. So, and that's exactly what that is kind of what I was talking about in the beginning, right. getting that learning stuff, trying to, you know, engage that type of learning, um, their, with their preferred learning style. So everybody has learned different learning styles and preferences. So even if they have a different learning style, their preference might be different. Right. Uh, so that's what a lot of people need to understand too. Like a lot of educators, um, especially like curriculum writers and designers, mm-hmm. they don't even like to use the term learning style. They use the term learning preference. Right. Um, which is really dope. And I just learned that with the, you know, multiple intelligences, which is a thing. There's not yeah. them. Um, and then you have a lot of people that say learning style, but it's the preference of the right. learner. How right. do you want to learn, you know? Right. 
Um, and also, now that we brought that up there, we have an entire episode um, dedicated to learning styles. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm there because I am a neurodivergent. Um, so I do share my perspective on that. But we have two other neurodivergent students on there as well. Um, okay. so please listen to that one as well. Um, okay. Let's also talk about um, APs and SATs. Um, a lot of people had um, <laughs> questions about um, AP courses and also the uh, SATs. So what is your perspective on um, those AP exams? Um, I feel like I took some IB courses in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pretty much help you out with getting into certain classes in college, which are really good. Mm-hmm. It all depends on what you want to go into, to be, on, uh, to be honest. Um, depending on how your transcript looks or... You know, if you're below some type of credits or you need to, like, a bump into your transcripts for your GPA to be higher, right. those AP classes would be good. But to be real with you, I mean, if you, it really depends on what you are interested in studying. Right. For me, I took IB history just because I love history and I wanted my transcript to stand out. Right. Uh, for the colleges I was applying for. Mm-hmm. And for my GPA, was already good. Um, but it did, they, they don't, they didn't care. Yeah. I, I got my bachelor's in social work like they don't care that i took that class right great but how are you saving humans and i'm like all right let's get to it so it really depends on your profession so if those who want to maybe major in physics or science or you know be a doctor or any type of those programs or be a teacher Mm -hmm. i think that would be really good for them Mm -hmm. but for those who want to be like i don't know a social worker or things like that probably wouldn't mean too much, but it looks good on your transcripts to get you there. It gets you in the door. Right. Um, But other than that, it doesn't, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, you know, college has changed and I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, But in my opinion, from my experience and how I've helped my young people, like those classes look great for your transcripts and it really depends on what your profession is going to be. Right. Um, I also wanted to ask, you know, what are some of what are some of the outside uh, services outside of education that schools should be providing to students? Oh my gosh, driving again, driver's ed, that should be a thing. Yeah. I, I need that back. <laughs> yeah. Um, that for sure, driver's ed should be back in California. Um, I don't wanna have to teach nobody how to drive, I ain't got time for that. So I would love for high school to be again. Um, I mean, I know a lot of programs do this, but I feel like it can be done better. Mm-hmm. Um, some type of work study, I think, would be yeah. good to get started because that's what college is going to be about as well. Internships, externships, um, just trying to kind of get you in the field of, you know, what college is going to be like because as you go through your college experience, there's going to be a class that you're going to have to do some type of internship for. Right. Uh, some type of, you know, Something like that. Right. <laughs> so I think that'd be really good to incorporate into the high school, you know, everyday life and, and schedule. Right. Um, let me see what else. Yeah, anything with money. Financial literacy is very important. Right. Um, a lot of our, you know, families or parents, you know, aren't that savvy. Right. Comes to a lot of our families, you know, old school, which is great. But there are different ways to manage your money. There's ways to, you know, raise that credit score kind of. Um, get you guys ahead of the game a little bit so you are able to buy your car, you know, rent an apartment and things like that. Yeah. Those are going to be important. You know, you can't live in the dorms forever. Yeah. You know, you don't want to. But <laughs> after your freshman year, you're probably going to be like, eh, I don't want to do this. That was me. I was like, ooh, all right, it's time. Yeah. Too many rules. Gotta go. So learning those financial literacy tips, you know, bank accounts, how to save, uh, saving for a rainy day, uh, budgeting once again, wants and needs. I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for college experience, just life in general. Right. So all of those things. Right. Um, I, I really wish they had um, several, more than one, but several financial literacy classes. That is something... I really wish um, versus learning either from mistakes or from my parents. Um, it would be great to have that. Um, I really hope There's so. Programs. We teach that. <laughs> um, I teach that. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask, um, now that you brought that up, where can um, people learn more about your organization? Oh, yes. 
So I work for an organization called New York Ventures, mm-hmm. and uh, their website is called newdoor.org. And pretty much we help young people um, who, you know, find it hard to find jobs, um, um, you know, in low-income communities or that mm-hmm. are displaced from a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And we want to help them uh, with employment skills. So I teach a lot of, um, yeah, pretty much employment readiness. Um, so that's writing resumes, uh, learning about yourself, um, how to uh, conduct yourself in an interview, how to navigate and look for colleges if you're interested in going. Right. Um, but a whole bunch of different things. But pretty much um, we're really focused on work readiness and what that looks like to be work ready. So having mm-hmm. those communication skills, having those professional communication skills, um, having that um, the task management and, you know, those basic basic skills that you need when you get a job. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what we're all about. And yeah, I facilitate workshops um, um, on those topics. Also do case management. So we get a cohort of how many young people and they start off for 14 weeks in our program. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to pretty much help them get a job 30 days after they graduate our program. Right. And we do that by providing weekly case management. So they'll meet with me talk about life i'm helping them with whatever they want help on mm-hmm. uh, in general and yeah we're just kind of guiding them through getting a job or going off to college or just becoming an adult right that's that's really cool um let's also talk okay so actually that's a lie we're shifting topics um <laughs> let's talk a little bit about um standing up for education um so what are some of the most commonly commonly not met needs um, that you see for students? Mm. Um, I would say not being trauma-informed. A lot of teachers aren't trauma-informed. A lot of educators aren't Mm -hmm. trauma-informed. Myself included. Like, you have to learn these things. So I Mm -hmm. learn every day. Uh, But just learning about the young person, I think is very important and crucial and shaping their young minds. Mm-hmm. If you don't kind of take that time to do that, then they're just going to be a num- another number, another attendance number, right. on your roster. Like, but I think to be able to really reach people, like you have to get to know them. You have to, you know, really dig deep. Um, so I think that just providing those types of being, um, those types of energy being trauma informed, I think that's very important um, for sure. For sure. Right. Um, I would also say, um, what else would I say? That would be probably number one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I also wanted to ask, um, what what would be your advice uh, for students whose needs are being silenced or they're not being met? Um, so how can they advocate for their own needs? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say tap into ways that they know how to express themselves. So maybe if they know they're not, you know, getting their needs met instead of they're not a person that talks, maybe they're a person that writes, that draws, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I would say produce that type of, you know, how you express yourself to whoever is not meeting that need for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can communicate in the way that you need to communicate. I would also say, once again, there's strength in numbers. If you have other people that feel that way or there are people that empathize with you, um, get them on your team to be able to speak up or speak for you or speak with you on right. how you're feeling and how you can get that done. So I know there was many times y'all wanted to fight the power, right? And mm-hmm. I was right there with you, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody that has your back, that's willing to like be a representative, an advocate with along with you, I think that's a good idea too. Right. So just communicating in how you know how, song, email, talking to the person, you know, the face to face or just however you need to communicate that i say go about it um and then of course strengthen numbers getting somebody on your team to kind of like you've been feeling this way me too okay let's get together how are we going to present this how are we going to propose how we're feeling and how we can get our needs met how can we decide on what those needs are and what we need to get those needs met right um i also wanted to ask you know what are some of how can oh man this is actually a really hard question to ask so (laughs) so (laughs) how can (laughs) how can students advocate for themselves when they are trying to 
um, explore extracurricular activities that they're interested in. How can they advocate for themselves? Say that one more time. So how can students advocate for themselves when they're trying to explore extracurriculars that they're interested in? Okay, so is it a problem that they're... No, so it would be like, for for example, um, I should have started with the example. Um, if somebody, like, for example, let's say if somebody was, um, a student was interested in neuroscience, you know, how would you, uh, what feedback would you give them to kind of explore? Yeah, and explore that. Oh, got you. Okay, yes. So first thing I would do is if you're interested in exploring anything, YouTube. Right. Literally YouTube. I build all my businesses um based on youtube googling um facebook groups and pinterest mm-hmm. like really the internet is your best friend but also take it to the old school um i recently got a library card um, yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. they opened up well the i have a library in hayward that's been open for a while mm-hmm. and i haven't been down there and they started like making it all nice so i'm gonna go take a walk my exercise Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm stop at the library. And got uh, already had a card, got a reissue. Free knowledge, man. Free game. Grab a book. Like, there are so many old school methods that are being used now that you can still, like, tap into, but just, you know, make it better. So I would mm-hmm. say just research on your own time. Um, make a list. Make a list of exactly what you want to do. I'll call this a big rock. Um, take your big rocks and you kind of punch them to make them into smaller to-do lists. So if you want to become a dance teacher or whatever, you know, you want to start off by what does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. Make a playlist, um, you know, find some inspiration, find a studio. So you're kind of making a to-do list to get up to that point of becoming that dance teacher. Mm-hmm. And there's there's knowledge all around you. The internet is free and YouTube is free. Facebook is free, but the library is free also. And that's what a lot of young people don't remember, like knowledge on knowledge on knowledge. I'm pointing this way because that's where my library is. But yeah, like, go to the library and read up. Like, there are so many things that would just get your mind going, creativity going, and can also just guide you into whatever you want to become. Right. So I would definitely go about it. <laughs> and I really, I haven't been to a library in a long time. Um, and so, am I... Remember I tried to build one for y'all? Yeah. <laughs> I do not I don't believe it's there but (laughs) um, um, (laughs) what you know I also wanted to ask how can this is actually for parents um, so I'm interested to see what's going to happen to parents taking advice Um, but then again if parents are listening to a student run podcast they're probably chill about it so um, how can uh, students at a really young age, and I'm talking elementary up to middle school, further their learning um, in any special academic interest. Um, and so how can, and also how can parents help facilitate that? Yeah. Well, there's always, once again, online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're, we're a very tech savvy generation. I would say definitely using those uh, different platforms, such as YouTube, to like tap into whatever you want to do. There's right. also, um, it costs money, but there is LinkedIn Learning, and that's yeah. kind of where I get all the juice from, mm-hmm. besides YouTube. Uh, you can take courses and get certified in different things just by watching videos and taking quizzes, but the information is so good, and it's tailored to literally anything that you want to do. Um, so right. parents can definitely dive into that and kind of learn some things to kind of bring that to the child. Uh, but they want to have to be they have to be interested right and they have to take the time and the initiative to do so um so tapping into those online resources is really dope and right. then once again good old library like taking the family out to the library getting some books and some time just touching a physical book feels really good right. um so get into that um also just looking into local things that happen around there are so many things that are for young people um, a lot of events, a lot of culture events, a lot of things that happen um, just throughout the Bay Area. So right. taking, you know, your child out to kind of experience those things, take them to festivals, take them to, you know, uh, concerts. When it, when you can. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Outdoor types of activities so they can kind of see different cultures um, interact, taste different foods, um, and just try different activities. 
I think once you uh, take a person out of their comfort zone and kind of experience different things, then they'll kind of form who they want to be. Because that's kind of how it was. Right. Um, I also wanted to ask, you know, there's a, um, a lot of people, it is shocking to me to see how many people have not been able to explore other cultures. Um, so I want to, uh, ask you how, um, students can explore new cultures kind of on their own. Yes. Oh my God. So I would say, depending on the city that you live in, follow whatever community or um, city page that they have or events page that they have because there are so many events, especially outside, that happen. Right. So before, well, while I was doing the Imani Project, I used to be a vendor. So I have my own clothing business as well. Mm -hmm. and so I would go to different events and then, and I'm like, wow, there's so many different things I didn't know or think about. Right. And you're, it's just one big space to kind of get all of that, you know, that, that vibe. Just, you know, you get to experience different things at different times, um, which is really cool. So I would say definitely look into different city pages, uh, look into different festivals. And, you know, depending on what you like to do, there's always types of food festivals happening. Right. There's always some type of carnival happening. There's always some type of farmer's market or flea market, two of my favorite things mm -hmm. um, to go to. Um, so I would just look into those, any of those community or events pages for different cities, go to it um, and just search things to do or festivals coming up, events coming up in th this city. And um, that's how you can find different stuff for, you know, I didn't know that there was a, what was that festival, that parade I found out in Fremont. It was like Puerto Rican or the something festival. I'm like, yo, this is tight. Hold up. Like, I didn't know that was out here. <laughs> or Native Americans, like some, they have a lot of their different festivals and right. stuff like that. Um, so there's so many cultures. The Bay is so big and small at the same time, but there's so many cultures here. So it's like, you got to try it out. And looking online is one of the best ways to do it. Things to do here, events happening there, festivals near me, like any of those things. And right. The right. <laughs> so uh, our last question for now, oh, well, for our time here today, I wanted to ask, um, how can we advocate um, for students' mental health? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say advocating create your own lane if you need to mm -hmm. so maybe starting a instagram or a TikTok or use social media just to get a platform going mm -hmm. of posting different resources mm -hmm. um, if you do that kind of like starting something before you waiting for anybody else to establish it for you right likely it's going to take time right yeah um, but i would say just start off small like if you know that this is a need Social media is the biggest way to get your message out there, right? This podcast is the biggest message to get out there. Right. So I would start there posting some some dope, you know, um, quotes and mental health resources near you or things that, you know, maybe young people didn't know, but they should know. Um, mm -hmm. Things that have to do with um, anxiety, depression, you know, those things that a lot of young people go through. Right. And just posting those resources or telling your stories. Um creating a space mm -hmm. for those people to be able to be open enough to kind of like, I feel this way, or wow, thank you for posting this, or hey, can we meet? Because you never know, to be honest. You post one little flyer of, hey, I have this person, you know, coming to talk to us about breathing techniques. I right. don't know, I'm just making it up. So like, even that is a way that you can advocate for yourself is by doing, right? Right. Uh, another way is, once again, just to kind of like, strength in numbers, come up with a proposal, um, come up with a way that you would want to be seen and heard of how these mental uh, health resources will look for you or mm -hmm. just any type of mental health issues that come upon you. Um, how does that look for you? Right. And what do you want to be done about it? How can you feel seen and feel heard and feel, you know, accepted and comfortable about how you're feeling? So if that's maybe having a group at school, mm -hmm. that'd be dope, right? Somebody yeah. that can come in and facilitate, you know, maybe you guys are doing a restorative justice circle, but it's basically on any topic that you guys are talking about, coping with death, um, maybe transitioning into college, um, you know, um, 
eating disorders or nutrition or just having a group of topics mm-hmm. that you guys can come together and have, you know, um, yeah, people that feel the same way and that can feel comfortable speaking about those things. Right. Those two ways, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time to answer all of our questions. Those are so good questions, Chris. Oh my God. <laughs> So thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Um, I really love talking to uh, Monty Baylor. She had so much to say um, about education, curriculum, and so much more. Um, Now, here's the thing. If you want to um, uh, check out the uh, Amani Project, you can go to theamaniproject.com. That's I-M-A-N-I project.com. Um, She has so much stuff on there. You can contact her. She has all of her different specialties um, and so much more. Um, And I finally, man, I'm I'm just like, I'm in awe. This episode was amazing. Um, Finally, I want to uh, remind you to um, be sure to like this episode and subscribe for any other episodes. Now, if you want to know um, when we are posting new episodes, you can go follow our Instagram. That's inwill, I-N-W-I-L-L dot P-O-D. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and I will see you next time.